This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv. Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 66, recorded on the 12th of March, 2014. Today's topic, last minute marketing miracles. If you would like easy, automatic updates of our podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or use the free Stitcher app. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by Camp Pros Like You, who support us on Patreon. If you've got even one good idea from the Camp Hacker podcast, you could show your support for the show for as little as $1 per episode. We've got some great rewards too, just like a Kickstarter campaign. Please go to patreon.com slash camphacker. And by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello, Camp Pros, and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. Uh, I run a blog and other podcasts about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv. Hi, my name is Dan Weir. I'm the Director of Camping Services at Frost Valley YMCA. Frost Valley is a year-round camp conference education facility up in the Catskill Mountains of New York. So I oversee all the overnight camp programming, and this will be my 18th summer uh, coming up this, this year working at Frost Valley. That's great. My name is Joel Van Egbert. I am uh, talking to you from Colorado. However, I work for a camp in Maine called Kennebec Camps Maine Golf and Tennis Academy. It's a 107-year-old camp, and I am one of the directors there. This will be my 15th year as a camp pro. Hey everyone, my name is James Davis and I'm the Executive Director at the Vandercamp Center. Uh, we're located up near Syracuse, New York. Um, I've been the director here for about four years, um, but been in camping at large for about 15. Right on. Welcome to the show, James. Thanks. It's great to have you. Um, I want the, those of you who are listening or watching to, to give us a bit of a hand iTunes reviews are very important to us as a podcast. So um, if you wouldn't mind, if, you, if you're if you listening to this while you're jogging or walking the dog or in the car, when you get back to your computer, go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes, and uh, you can leave us a rating and review there. And that's, as I say, it's very helpful to us. Um, as many of you long-term listeners know, we've had problems with the feed of the show and have had to reseed it to iTunes. So we lost all of our, our reviews. So if you go to camphacker.tv slash iTunes and just fill us in, a rating, a truthful, honest one would be any ratings are helpful. We really appreciate that at camphacker.tv slash iTunes. So today for our show, uh, James is brand new to the show. So I want to take just a minute to, to get to know him. So James, how long, uh, you've been at Vader camp for four years, but how did you get involved in camp originally? Uh, well, I grew up at a summer camp in New Jersey called Camp Johnsonburg, um, worked up I guess through the ranks there, eventually became the summer program director. Uh, then I actually went and played poker professionally for seven years um, while serving on the board of trustees there and got in, back into camping when my first son was born uh, three and a half years ago. Right on, right on. Well, I think there's probably some interesting full-time poker stories, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to focus on your camp career today. Um, yeah, right on. <laughs> so how... Uh, how did you get connected to Vandercamp? Uh, well, basically, uh, my wife and I, we were really uh, kind of child development theory buffs for a while. And when we started, well, when we had our son, we really wanted to focus on um, bringing, bringing the ideas of childhood freedom to a certain camp and really do that in a way that we hadn't observed at other camps. So essentially, um, we decided to pitch a bunch of different camps on the idea of coming in and instituting kind of a radical freedom model uh, that emphasized child choice, uh, freedom of association, and things like that in a way that we hadn't observed elsewhere. So uh, we pitched a bunch of camps, and Vandercamp happened to be the one that said yes. That's awesome. That's, That's great. great. That's great. And so the Vandercamp program is really quite unique in that in it's – not so structured as other camps. Well, yeah, I mean, we have structured offerings throughout the day, but yep. the notion is that kids can come and um, kind of rewrite the program to their own tastes as well. So we always keep floating staff on hand during any activity period. So if a kid has an idea, they can come up and pitch it. And basically, if they can find 
uh, five friends to do it, then we can justify assigning a staff member to help them. Um, and we also have kids, you know, uh, write their own programming and, and post offerings up on the dining hall wall and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, we don't do structured bedtimes and we try to do unstructured wake up times so that doesn't always work logistically. Right. Uh, so basically we're just trying to push the envelope on how much we can let kids explore their own autonomy. That's awesome. That's so That's great. really cool. It's really cool. And you are, um, hosting two famous camp hacker previous co-hosts, uh, Jack and Laura from camping coast to coast. They're going to work with you this summer. Yeah, that's right. Jack and Laura came out to visit in November. Uh, after I invited them up, after checking out really their kind of camp-changing uh, presentation at Tri-State last year, if you're going to Tri-State this year, I can't recommend it highly enough. But, um, yeah, they came up and really liked what we had going on, I guess, and really wanted to see – they wanted to see it to believe it, I guess. So uh, <laughs> they applied to work, and uh, they're, they've already done a lot to, to help our program grow. So we're really, really excited yeah, it's going to be great. I look really look forward to hearing to hearing how the summer goes. And if you, it's going to be touch and go. You might be able to get this podcast before Tri-State, but more likely you'll have time if you're at Mid-States to see them at Mid-States. I think that's the one that they're presenting at, um, at after Tri-State. So um, oh, okay, we'll do what we can to promote their presentation because I've seen it a couple times and it is really, yeah. really wonderful. Absolutely. Oh, what I wanted to focus on today is is straight out of a question that I ask on the Camp Pros group on summer on Facebook, um, which is what are what are your biggest stress points right now? And there were two big themes that came out of it. One was finding good staff um, to fill in the last few places, um, and the one that we're going to talk about today, which is sort of a last minute marketing push, how to get um, camp campers in these last few months before um before camp starts and um as dan and i talked about on before we started recording camp is so year-round the pace never really slacks these days and um it seems like people are panicking a little earlier but i think is smart to, to be thinking about registration at this time of the year and what you can do in the final couple of months before the summer, the summer starts. And um, so we want to talk about through those ideas. Um, I know that there are some camps with old traditional camps that uh, are struggling with teaching their families to register early anyway. So they may have only just opened up registration this month or last. Uh, and so this will definitely suit them, but it'll suit those who are looking for help in, uh, in filling in the last couple of spaces that you have for camp. Um, Joel, I wanted to start with you. What sort of stuff are you folks doing at Kennebec to get the last few spaces filled? So obviously a lot of social media um, and <clears throat> we're being very careful to not, um, you know, register now and few spots left and things along those lines, but more content driven social media. So we're still continuing to remember why people wanted to follow us on Facebook and Twitter in the first place. So we're still continuing to put up all those great stories and all the wonderful programs that we are offering this summer. Um, so I think that's an important balance to keep in your head. If you suddenly are shifting into register now, <laughs> you know, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, you know, all that yeah. stuff, um, then you might want to just take a step back, breathe, and remind people how great your archery program is or whatever the case may be. Um, Something that we're doing new this year is we are doing, um, we have always used in, in the New England area, open houses where a parent welcomes us into their home. We do a camp presentation for their friends. Uh, we bring some pizza and then that hosting family gets a discount for every person that registers from that event as a way of thanking them for you know helping us out. We wanted to try to make a digital version of that. Um, and so what we're going to be doing is using GoToWebinar which actually has a free 30-day trial right now. And uh, we're going to create an online version of a camp open house, basically. Um, and we're going to invite people to come. We're going to um, reward them with some camp swag for bringing a friend. And, um, and we're going to really just try to give them that kind of unplugged, deeper level of information about the power of what we do within our program. So we're excited for that. We're working on it right now. And um, um, hopefully it, it is exciting for parents as well. I know that's something that you do, Travis. With, I mean, you're doing one tonight, right? Isn't that? Well, tonight is um, a Twitter chat at 10 o'clock. That's right. Yeah. So every um, in the new year, every it's usually Thursday. This happens to be on a Wednesday, but 
whoever's watching and listening to this won't we're not going to get the show up today so sure. um on a thursday night at 10 o'clock eastern there is a camp mom who with catalina island camps uh, from outside of LA, uh, they hold a camp chat, which is just a chance for parents to ask each other and camps for advice on picking a camp or getting their kid ready or, or all those different things. So that's a, a great way to do that and be a part. And I think show as a camp, show your leadership to potential parents because it's, yeah. it gets a lot of reach. Um, I really love your idea, Joel, of doing um, online open houses for families. I think that's awesome. Um, those of you who are watching and listening, if you go to Camp Hacker and look up uh, Chris Thurber, you'll see that, that Chris and I did a webinar just two weeks ago on how to do some of that stuff. So Chris talked about things you should be communicating to parents. And um, and I was talking about some of the technology using Google Hangouts. And GoToWebinar is a, is a great option. We use it all the time in our business, but uh, there's another way to do it with Google Hangouts as well. It'll upload straight to your, your YouTube channel. So look for that. It's called Online New Parents Meeting um, as a, uh, the name of the blog post is called an online new, new parents meeting. Um, so some great ideas there, Joel. Thank you. Uh, James, how about you? What sort of stuff are you doing at this time of the year to fill your last few spaces? Well, the two major pushes I do are, um, you know, print media campaign where I call local school districts and just get my flyers in there. Um, so that's kind of a basic one. But um, I also start my paid advertising online, uh, usually around April 1st. Um, when I looked into search engine optimization stuff a few years ago for a presentation I did at Tri-State, um, I found that uh, parents tend to try to find summer camp stuff in April and May the most online. So I tried to really target AdWords campaign and um, targeted Facebook ads uh, during that time as well. That's awesome. Right on. And Dan, is there something you're doing at Frost Valley to fill all your camps? Yeah, um, you know, the I think the first thing we really look at with um, with uh, marketing is is splitting people up into different buckets based on on where they are. So um, the first bucket is you know the the unknown, the, the person that's just out there where. Um, uh, uh, you know, the person that's never heard of Frost Valley or, or doesn't know they're going to find Frost Valley in the, in the near future. Um, the second is, uh, the second category is, uh, inquiry. So that's someone that's showed interest, um, has contacted us, uh, or, uh, you know, we met at a camp fair and gave us their information. Uh, the third is a family that's actually registered that's brand new. It's never been to us before. The fourth is uh, a returning family that hasn't, uh, that has signed up to come back. And then the fifth is a returning family, um, that hasn't signed up to return yet. Um, so, so we actually break our communication up that way. Um, so, for the unknown, it's it's um, some of the things we're talking about with print and making sure that um, uh, you know we're, that we're getting our ads out in the right spots, that we're going to the right camp fairs, and, and that we're out there um, and present. Um, we do a lot um, with trying to to go into our major towns as well too. So, like we pick the top five towns we are in. And really try to make sure that we're um, going into that market, not necessarily a new market per se. And then um, for inquiries, it's really keeping that conversation going and making sure that they feel comfortable. Um, uh, you know, it, it's it's all about uh, the personal attention for for my camp. We're we're pretty big, and um, and we really need to make sure that people feel like they have that personal attention while getting the amount of campers that we need in as well too. And that, so that, that ends up being a priority for us is to keep communication with certainly the inquiries and making sure they feel validated, not lost, or um, and that sort of thing. Um, the other thing um, that we were talking about earlier, uh, open houses, they are huge for us. Um, if I could get somebody to come up to open house, um, they are generally coming to camp that summer. Um, we pretty much have it systematic of we do our slideshow, we eat lunch, we do a tour, but um, if we get people to our open house, that really is key for us. Um, for new families that just signed up, it's keeping the conversation going and keeping them excited about camp as well. You know, uh, new families do drop out, and it's important to really kind of be cognizant of, of that and keeping them involved. I also find that new families are a great word of mouth referral as well uh, because they want their child to feel comfortable at camp. And so they'll get a few friends, and I can often turn um, one inquiry into like three families um, coming to camp because of it. And so we really try to reinforce that um, you know if you want to bring a friend, you know we certainly have availability for them as well too. Uh, the returning families uh, that signed up, 
uh, that's the really the social media. Those are our fans, you know, really kind of making sure we're speaking to them. And then the returners that didn't come back, um, the biggest thing is uh, really making sure that they know they might miss out if they don't sign up soon. And if there wasn't a reason why they don't want to come back, that they've talked to us about it. Um, and uh, we have that conversation. So um, we're constantly um, trying to get our retention rate up. Um, you know, it's, it's a strong retention rate. We're really happy with it. At the same point in time, I look at if I could get that up one more percent, um, that is a better use of my time in some ways than necessarily just going to every possible thing and um, uh, to get new families. So, um, so yeah, so it's a it's a lot. It's a, we're, we're um, you know, um, but uh, it it definitely takes up a good part of my job. Yeah, <laughs> um, in that sense. So, yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I have a question, Dan. So, how do you guys reach out to your returning families who haven't signed up yet? Um, so um, we do a, a, a newsletter every two weeks, um, and we're a year-round place. So our list is literally it's to the entire the entire thing, and so um, they get um, uh, they're a little tired of email. So when I send an email to them, I make sure that it's really it's to the point. So it's not the sign up now; it is the hey, I'm looking out for you. I wanted to let you know that session two is just about to sell out. I want to make sure you had the chance to get a spot if you're interested in coming back. Um, and it's it's being forward, but still being polite about my language. Um, so that's one step we do. Um, we also um, uh, mail out a yearbook to every kid that came last summer. So our yearbook it's getting out a little later this year than usual, but it's going to end up helping in marketing. Um, so uh, so for for instance, uh, we what we've done is we uh, instead of charging for the yearbook, we just raised the price at camp by ten dollars, and that way every kid gets gets the yearbook. Um, and we have it printed with an independent printer, and it gets sent to them. And um, we've seen a, a huge bump in registrations when that when that happens as well. So um, uh, we also do a postcard mailing um, as uh, to get the last minute people. We do a postcard mailing uh, right at the school's ending and, and saying, "Hope you're getting excited for the summer." You know, just very not not forward, but and something that could go to everybody. Um, uh, but uh, acknowledging that the end of the school year is stressful. But we really find for overnight camping, for us, um, it's our new registrations come in um, January to um, May is like the bulk of them. And that for our day camp, it's April to the summer um, and through the summer that the, the bulk of those are happening. So we really try to stay with those trends. Uh, returning families, uh, I'm pushing them, and I've talked about this before, I literally hand up a registration form as they're walking out. Um, pre-filled in with their name, they literally just have to check off that they want to come back to camp. We even charge the credit card that we have on file. So I literally try to make it as easy as possible. Um, oh, that's great. But yeah, uh, the, the only, the biggest, I think the biggest thing we've change we've made in the past four years that I um, absolutely would recommend every camp to if you have the ability to do is opening up your, um, your registrations hours, um, your phone's hours. Uh, we uh, have a registrar or somebody um, available to 8 p.m. every night that could talk about camp. And so when you think about a, a parent, we've really found that parents are calling during their lunch hour or calling after 5. Right. And so um, we get a huge flux of phone calls from about 5 to 6.30. And um, so we decided to stay open to 8 to really serve those families and, um, and make it That's as great. easy as possible for them to register. Um, so we take, let's say, about 50% of our registrations online. Um, the other 50% are, um, it's half paper and half uh, half uh, over the phone. And if they're a reoccurring family, we can get them over the phone and then just mail them the paperwork they need to sign later on and it works. So, but um, Awesome. Yeah, it's a very convoluted plan as you can see. I can't, <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's. So Dan, are you able to segment your email list to, to just reach out to one of those five groups? Well, one of the four groups, obviously the unknowns, you don't have their emails, but um, yeah, we are. We are. Um, um, and, and mailing lists as well, too. So, um, uh, like, for instance, we're going to mail a, another brochure with a belly band cover. So, um, with a, or sorry, with a sticker saying, um, you know, we really want to see you come back to all the kids that haven't signed up yet. So, it's just, we're able to segment those lists. I also ask our registrars to take a live retention report as well. So, okay. it's something new we're doing this year, but it's worked out really well. So, literally, when Johnny signs up, Johnny gets marked off that he was in cabin 40 last year and that uh so when i go to contact the other kids at cabin 40 i could say look half your cabin signed up from last year we, you know you really want to be with your friends and, uh, and do it in a way that 
doesn't say the kid's name, so we're still keeping that disclosure. Right. It still, you know, r- reminds them that their friends are going to be here. Um, that has uh, turned out to be very successful for us as well. That's something new we're doing this year. And, uh, That's smart. It's just, yeah. The, uh, I got a little grumbling from the registrar at first because I was adding to the workload. <laughs> but uh, when they recognized it was literally five minutes at the end of every day, they were okay with it. Right. Um, but yeah. So. Nice. So, uh, James Stroll, anything that, that Dan said that um, spurred some thinking on your part? Yeah, I have a quick thought. Um, you know, I'm, it sounds like Dan's camp is really big, and our camp is not so big. Yep. Um, we do maybe seven, 70 kids a week. Um, so one of the things that I've drawn from um, Fizzle, which is the tool I linked today in the Google Doc, is uh, the idea of unscaling. So for other smaller camps out there, um, one of the things that's been most successful for us is just calling every camp family starting about now. Um, I spend my four to around 5.30 hour every day, just calling families from last year and kind of apprising them of the registration situation. Uh, like Dan mentioned, who's returning um, in broad strokes yeah. um, from the previous summer. And uh, just that personal touch and just asking, hey, you know, what are your plans for this summer? Uh, are you thinking about coming back? Why or why not? Um, and just that, that personal call, I get so many people who say, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we meant to do that. And um, when we started doing calls, we saw a huge spike in, in retention rate for sure. And obviously, if you have 5,000 kids a summer or something, you're not going to be able to do that. But yeah. when you're more in the 500 to 700 range, it's really not that bad if you start early. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And do you reach out to people that were here last year but not now registered? Is that who you're calling? Exactly. Yep. I'm basically, what I have a little uh, reminder thing set so that you know when the registration date came from the previous year, uh, so say you registered on February 2nd last year, on February 2nd, I'll get a little reminder Um that pops up and so I'll call yeah. all the people who uh, had registered by then and I'll give them a call and say, Hey, you know, you had registered by this time last year, just check in to see if you're planning on coming back or, uh, this is what's new and so on. Um, so, you know, I kind of have a reason to call other than yeah. just to sell them, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, that's how we do it. What, um, what database do you use to manage that gives you those kind of, um, notifications? Well, I kind of, well, it's kind of a, uh, duct tape and <laughs> paperclip system, but yes, um, it's it's Excel, um, Excel, and then I integrate it with Evernote a little bit. Right. Um, so I do it manually the previous year into the Evernote oh, reminders. Great. Right. Um, right. Fantastic. Yeah, that it's is. It's really, awesome. yeah. really cool. Yeah. I can't. I th- I we also do the phone calls. Oh. Oh. Go down. You. We'll finish <laughs> yours off. I want to give Joel um, his time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Dan, you go, and I'll give. Good chunk to draw. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, the phone calls. So um, um, the phone calls. Uh, I I can't reiterate enough. You know, there was a there was a camp director that worked here um, years ago. Who uh, so we we were, you know we have several different programs going on. Each program has their own director, and she was not a camp person, but um, she had the highest retention rate of all the programs because what she would do is she would call and she would have that personal relationship and. Uh, if nothing else, those phone calls are, are extremely valuable, um, and and they will they will attribute to your kids coming back. Yeah. Yeah, and you know other little business things I've taken from other pursuits I've done, like you know just writing down everyone's names and having that in their file, so um, I can call and talk about even the brothers or sisters that haven't been at camp. Um, you know, just just like I really know them, you know, and making sure every parent gets to meet me personally when they come to camp and registration. So, you know, I'm not trapped behind a desk somewhere or whatever that all that stuff really adds to what Dan's talking about too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's part of the thinking, um, that I've talked about on this show and in, and other things that in this day and age, parents really need to know that they're sending their kid away to a person. So I think the director, who the director is, is incredibly important. Um, it, it, mm. um, it can't just be parents only contact with adults at camp is the counselors. It needs to be the director. They need to have some feeling of your age and experience. And, uh, and even when I started directing full time in my early to mid twenties, I, I still needed them to know that I was a responsible adult. I was the one in charge and them for them to get to know me over time. And that, and that paid off. Then you're not the email address. You're a real person. Yep, absolutely. Joel, <laughs> I was just going to say, James, that strategy is incredible. But also segmenting your day um, because there's 
I'm part of a very small year-round camp team, and I know a lot of other people are. So you have like these programmatic deadlines, and you have staff that you're still hiring, and you have kids that you're still recruiting. So segmenting your day and and creating windows for yourself where you're going to do those different, um, you know, those tasks can make your life a whole lot fun for sure. Yeah. Are there any other things that, uh, that dance it that you wanted to pick up on Joel? Um, well, just kind of similar to what you just said, but, um, the real person thing I think is really important. And we are going to, we have started through social media announcing the staff that we've hired and kind of giving them the baseball card information about this person that we've just hired. Um, they're from such and such a place in the world. They, you know, this is something really neat and unique about them to, again, remind parents that, wow, there's, there's all these incredible people that are here. It's not just a constant contact email list or a Twitter feed or, or things like that. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Joel, uh, you just reminded me there's um, Gary Forrester talked about a camp uh, years ago that uh they had um it, it wasn't a terribly large camp they had like uh 30 roughly 30 staff um it's, it's still a good size um but they what they did is they gave uh, they let every staff member develop a uh, baseball card and so basically the, the campers would trade baseball cards of um of of the staff and so they would take that home and they would remember their counselors by baseball cards it just yeah. when you said baseball cards you just put that up on my brain so. yeah that's great i love that idea um, Dan, you're talking about the, the value of the extra availability of, of keeping the registrar's desk open till eight. Um, and I think that's so important. We obviously in the camp director's life, we have to draw some boundaries because, um, if not, then camp would be all over 24 hours a day. Um, but I do believe that there's some great value in that for parents, especially parents now who need some extra reassurance or really do need to have a relationship with the director and the camp that's more than just um, drop off. I'm working on a presentation and, and part of that I was thinking about my first week at camp, um, which was admittedly in the 70s. Um, and um, I got dropped off by my friend's parents uh, and I had this crazy week with a stupid counselor and I went home and told my mom everything that happened and everything that happened was unbelievable. Like they, they, um, threw it, we were going on a walking overnight down the beach from where our camp was. They threw it a big jug of water and bought gasoline from a cottager and did a big burning cross bonfire thing on the beach. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh. They they lost on the out trip. They lost the head count of how many kids were there, and um, they had had us all hide behind benches while they threw an aerosol can in the fire and um, waited for it to explode. But one of the kids was in the outhouse and didn't know, so he just walked out. He's like, "Hey guys, where's everybody?" As the can exploded, I told my mom all this stuff, and still my mom sent me back the next year, and I can't imagine that ever ever happening again That's these great. days. My, my you remind me, my favorite thing I love to tell alumni when they come back to, to send their kid to camp yeah. is I'm like, you want to know the difference between camp now and, 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 and then? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, we actually watch the kids now. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, exactly. there's a there's a like a laughter but it, it, it's it's definitely like you just brought back like all the stories that need to be addressed of you know camps not like that anymore yeah. and uh, there's a lot more rules that are um that are put in place by different regulatories for good reason uh, this yes, <laughs> yes. those those stories you know and um uh it's yeah it's just it, you just reminded me of that <laughs> and, but i think that goes that that's even more of why um this uh personal relationship is key you know it's uh that i they they want to be reassured and camp cost so much more than it did back then yep. as well like you, you know i was sitting with my mom the other day reflecting on how much the cit program cost when i was a kid versus now when you know, my sister's actually, um, our family's super spread out. My sister's going to be a CIT this summer. So it's, uh, it's just funny. It's, uh, I think, I think you, we do need to address those stories still. Yes. <laughs> decades later. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the things that I think works on top of um, being available late um, or another way to, to facilitate that is I've often recommended and now have started to see more camps picking up on this to install a chat program in your website so that you are available um, 
because during the day people are sneaking some time to do some camp shopping and they may not have a chance in their office to give you a call and ask you questions but if there's a, a discreet little chat button they can reach out to you then that way and have somebody available and the chats are nice because if wow. staff is not there it says please leave us a message and we'll get back to you by email but um i've heard about my, this a program handy. you recommend yeah, I have a couple. I'll tell you about them in just a second. Um, my camp friend, Dave Graham, who's a, a hometown guy who grew up in the same hometown as me that I only met through camping, um, he uh, had showed this to me first years ago. And he said he is a person like I am who often watches TV with his laptop on. And he has the app open at that point so that he can answer questions at night when parents are doing camp shopping in because they're more available than other camps they know that they have sold parents because of that it's been a big part of it for them yeah it's definitely true yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i think of it this way like if you call a camp and you get a voicemail um are you gonna wait for the voicemail to be returned or are you gonna keep looking for another camp right you're gonna keep looking for a camp until you get somebody on the phone you know or however you look at you know so yeah it's brilliant yeah. And I think that's especially true for new families that don't, that aren't word of mouth families that don't have some yeah. emotional connection. If they're just shopping from the internet and have no connection to you, just, Hey, your website look kind of cool. Then they're going to be the ones that just move on. Yeah. We have a yeah. lot of international think- families and, uh, and, and our chat system is one of the key ways that they communicate through us because it's, exp- it's expensive. It's, you got to factor in all the, the the GMT and all that stuff. So, yep. yeah, our chat system is is really good. And I worked at a previous camp, and we just put text me up there, and we would put a phone number, um, and uh, and we act, and that actually worked too. It was a it's a it's a common form of communication now. Yes. And um, by you allowing parents it's, and saying this is okay, then they'll take advantage of that. And I think I think watching movies and <laughs> and chatting with parents is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and WeChat would be an app for people that have international families. It would be something that they're used to using and would also say to an international family, you know how to cater to me as an international parent. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's th- that you're available or set aside some office hours that are outside of nine to five Eastern time or central, whatever your time right. zone is. Dan, you ask what uh, apps I recommend. And there's two that I have seen put to good use. Mm-hmm. One is called ProvideSupport.com. And uh, it's a couple hundred bucks a year. Um, and it's quite good. We've used it in our own company. Uh, another one that is really popular and is kind of a bit better visually. Um, the visual integration looks a little bit more modern, uh, but it's 40 bucks a month is um, Olark, which is O-L-A-R-K.com. That's what we use. Yeah, Olark. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Are you, and, and you like yours? Yeah, it's great. And um, the nice thing, we're Mac people, which sounds like you two aren't, but um, it integrates directly into iMessage, both on your iPhone and on your, um, on your, uh, your, your MacBook or whatever oh, you're nice. using, which is really nice. That's so, killer. Um, <clears throat> and it'll show the geographical location that somebody's coming from. So it'll say user 5437 in you know new mexico albuquerque new mexico or something along those lines so um that's helped me because then i can add a personalized message to my response um as opposed to hi i'm here if you need any help which if that was me i would think that was an auto- automated robot yeah. or a yeah, yeah. computer yeah so yeah. if i say if i was say, like for example i had a mom uh, who had uh, was from hawaii and i was like hey i was just in hawaii you know it's beautiful there and that sparked up a conversation because it had broken the ice and let her know i was a real person so it's a great That's service. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've been looking into doing this. I heard it from uh, from uh, um, Joanna Warren Smith, and um, I'm excited to hear that uh, both of you are having such success with it. So, yeah, I heard this uh, great analogy years ago from from Gary, um, where he talked about camp registration being a window or elevator door, and that if you the, the greater you make the window, or the greater you make the door, the more likely you are to get a registration, and that you need to figure out every single way to just continue to open it even if it only opens at five percent but still another person can get in you know yeah mm-hmm. makes sense 
I, there's a couple of other things I'd written down ahead of time. I think we've addressed them pretty well. It's certainly the returning campers who are not yet registered, who would be your easiest campers to get. Um, of Dan's five groups that they target, the the hardest one obviously is the unknown ones that we don't even know that they're shopping, and you need to create a way to bring them into. Um, to the second group of Dan's, which is that they've made an inquiry and they've had a first touch from you. And you want to keep that, that relationship going. So sometimes it means offering something helpful to those families. I, I've often talked about creating a, um, a booklet or an ebook that they could download, which is just about shopping for camp, not for shopping for your camp, but that you could be the most useful camp to them and help them in this process, which we must admit is incredibly intimidating to send your kid away to camp. Anything you can do to make that process easier for them makes you stick out. And then it turns them, it moves them from the number one group into the number two group. And then you have a lot more chance of, of developing a relationship and developing that no like, and trust that's essential for them to, to buy things, to buy camp from you. Yeah. There's one other thing I was going to to talk about, um, and I don't have any experience from a camp director's perspective on this, but I really appreciate that they're thinking about it a bit differently. Um, there is a camp directory guide program that, that parents can use called Camp Easy. And Camp Easy I like because it thinks about buying camp from a parent's perspective, and it's a little bit different than maybe what a camp director would think would be the best way to, to buy camp, but it allows you to put up the free spaces that you have in the sessions that you have. So that if people are looking for a camp for two weeks in the middle of August, then they'll look at the camps that have spaces available and um, because they need it to fit into their own summer schedule. So that's at campeasy.com. I, I have interviewed them on, on, the, the blog before you can look up those old interviews but um, I have no association with them I just think that they have a neat idea that is yeah. different than anybody else I, I find new families really um, they really are date driven um, right. you know, uh, and that um, returning families they know the value of your program and will, <laughs> will uh, put their vacation around your time but the new families are very date driven yeah um, James, do you have any final thoughts or, or, or ways to get last-minute marketing done? Sure, yeah. I have one other, uh, I guess, bucket, as Dan would say, yes. uh, concerning types of folks that can come to camp. And this is something we do uh, in June, right when schools are getting out here, is I'll contact local school social workers and target a bucket of people that would like to come to camp but don't feel like they can afford it. Right. Um, and so, you know, we kind of run our camp on the idea. I mean, we, we haven't filled up a whole summer since I've been here. Um you know, we've gone from about 40% to maybe 85%, but we yeah. still have those empty beds and we want to fill them. Uh, it doesn't really cost us much to put another person, you know, on the plane from New York to Los Angeles or whatever, you know, we <laughs> we just as soon get them here. So we contact them and give them a rate uh, that's, you know, where we're still turning a small profit on the, the child coming, but that's a lot more affordable than our normal, normal rate. Um, and they tend to know like, what kids would be good fits for camp and, and who could really use it and that sort of thing. So we can get more camp into more eyes. And um, from, I guess, a business perspective, those kids often do wind up referring other kids in the future and that sort of thing. Um, and it's just a nice thing to do. So we uh, will contact them around like June 1st or so. And uh, we'll get, I don't know, 20 or so kids uh, via that method every single year. And, you know, it helps our bottom line a little bit, but it just helps us fulfill our mission as well. That's an awesome idea. Totally great. Joel, are there any other any other thoughts you had on on last minute bunk filling? Um, I think I think um, knowing your voice and how it's going to be received by different groups of parents is extremely important. I think your returning care, par parents and campers are going to want to hear why should I come back? You know, I think a lot of people have the value of their program, which carries them a long way. But some people don't, especially new camps that you know, first, second, third, fourth summer camps, you know. So I think having um, summer themes, new program announcements, um, you know, this is what our camp t-shirt might look like or maybe a camp t-shirt contest, some way to engage them in the next summer process is going to help. And then I think also, and I remind myself of this a lot, but for new, the unknown parents, um, making sure that you're giving them the simplest version of yourself as opposed to a very complicated, yes, they don't. Everything's new to them, right? So yep. they don't necessarily care as much about the summer theme or the new programs or the new staff per se. But they do care about the core 
values of who you are. So I think start there and um, and see what happens. But understand that you have two different voices, multiple different voices in some cases, and and to tune into that so that you're not confusing people. Right. Right. Right, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce the duck says yes. Yes. <laughs> Bruce <and Meeks. laughs> Any other thoughts, Dan? That uh, that you think can help people get stuff last last minute families. Um, I'm just looking over my notes. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is to remember that you're not selling T-shirts; that you're selling a camp experience. Right. So, um, uh, uh, oh, geez, Simon Senek, I think is his yep. name. Um, he talks a lot about how Apple sells, and there's a bullseye of why, um, how, and what. And so, most people when they sell, they sell what you do at camp. So, like you know, the water trampoline or the climbing tower you do. But you really need to be selling. Um, why it is important to go to camp and what, right. what your kid will get out of that. And to, to put that into um, all aspects of, of the relationship you have with people, whether it's some new people understanding why you're, them understanding why camp is a great thing for their child, if it's the returning family um, understanding why, they're, why their kids should return and what they're going to get out of it this summer. Um, uh, I, think, I think that's my biggest piece of advice. Uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm leading a session on Tri-State, uh, which will come out after Tri-State, on relationship building and how it's related to business. And I, I really, I can't, I can't convey that enough, that uh, that is a huge part of what we do is building a relationship with not only the camper, but the, the family as a whole. Yeah. And the big statement he repeats over and over again in that, uh, in that video and in his book, Start With Why, is people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Yes. And if you sell them by what you do, then you're not reaching the right people, um, but you're just not reaching enough people because you need to find those who are, um, who appreciate the same reason for doing things as you do. So, yeah. thanks. It's a great, uh, a great way to wrap that up. Thank you to the four of you for a great conversation. I think there's lots of hints and tips in there for people who are looking to spend these last couple of months filling beds or filling their spaces at their day camps. Um, and I uh, really appreciate the wisdom that you've all shared. At this time, I'm going to move us on to our tool of the week. Tool of the week. If you're someone who has just recently started watching the Camp Hacker videos on YouTube or listening to the show on your phone or your MP3 player, uh, the tool of the week is something that we do every time. It's not necessarily related to our theme of the day. It's just something that each one of our panelists have used to become a better camp director. And um, the prices range from free to about $50,000 is our record for your tool of the week. <laughs> uh, Dan, I'd like to give you a chance to go first with your tool. Yeah, um, so um, uh, right now um, our office is reading The Happiness Advantage uh, by Sean uh, Anker, and he actually presented at um, Tri-State as well. And it's basically about how a happier staff performs better um, and how to keep happy and how you measure happiness. Um, if you constantly are measuring happiness by how many kids come to camp, you know, that that might not be the right approach, um, but instead um, uh, really measuring success in the right way. But there was just, um, I, it, you know, we're reading it um, for a few reasons. One, for our, our own, because we want to be happier in the office. It's not that we're not happy, but that we can always be happier. And then um, the other is um, we want to make sure that um, we're keeping staff morale up during the summer. Um, and so there's a lot of great nuggets in here. I think that the... Um, the thing I really appreciate about reading books is you get quotes that you could share with staff that will stick in their mind. So, um, for instance, I typed this one out and put it up in our hallway um, uh, next to the photocopier machine. Um, and the, the quote is this. Um, in short, sacrificing positivity in the name of time management and efficiency actually slows us down. And it's just uh, reminding people to slow down and to, um, to be positive and not, not be curt in that moment or to get worried about be worried about finishing that task, which... I think uh, as a whole, our industry starts dealing with a tremendous amount of stress around this time of year, you know, and um, uh, and it only get picks up until August when it stops, you know? yeah. so or September when it stops. But uh, yeah, but uh, it's just a great book. Um, I'm really enjoying it, and uh, he he has a ton of videos on YouTube if you don't want to pick up his book. Um, so yeah. Yep, TEDx presentations and all sorts of stuff. He's really smart. Yeah. Right on. That's great. Thank you. That's a good pick. Uh, Joel, what's yours? 
Um, so I've used a website called Wordle, um, W-O-R-D-L-E, um, and I believe it's Wordle.com, but just it's Google net, search Wordle.net. Okay, yeah. that's – thank you. And um, what I do is – and this is a good time of year to do it – is I take a lot of evaluation data from parents and kids and staff sometimes, and I look for keywords, adjectives, nouns. I enter it into this Wordle.net website, and it creates this word map. Um, and the words that are most heavily used show up bigger and bolder, um, but it's surrounded by this kind of nexus of other fantastic words around it, you know. And so um, it's a great way to share evaluation data without showing bar graphs and line graphs and yeah. pie charts and things like that. But it's a great way to just kind of capture the general feeling that people got from going to your program. And, um, and that's something that new parents and returning parents appreciate. So. That's right on. It's another good way of telling your story and telling your story is something we talked about in our in our first section, um, how essential it is to, to be able to tell the story. That's awesome. Thank you. It's a great use of Wordle. I've seen Wordle before, but I hadn't thought to use it before that way. Yeah. Right on. Good work, Joel. Um, my tool of the week, James, I'm going to let you go last since you're the newest on the panel. Um, my tool of the week are called Scat Cards, and they're an activity um that i've done with kids and teens and adults um a couple of shows ago you may remember that i introduced a, another card called body beats and body beats are a good um, group activity group building activity where you can set up people in a simple four four time keeping that rhythm and then add in these body beats and it tells you right on the card what your beat is to fit into four four time and scat cards are the next level because it's not just you know tapping your your lap or snapping or clapping. Um, you have to actually say stuff, so it's a little bit harder for um, a little bit more intimidating for people to do it because the scats are really like scat and jazz, so they're made up words, um, and you just have to walk people through the process of fitting that into four four time um but you should be able to see on the screen here some of the nonsense stuff that's on these cards um if you're listening you can go to stress dash stress <laughs> stress <laughs> dash solutions.com and look up the the cards and see that there's just some nonsense that's been made to fit into four four time so that you can add people in and get them doing their little scat and then you can shuffle the kick cards around. It's just an, an awesome activity for group building. Um, it's a nice part of the process and when you go into communication in the adventure programming cycle, um, it's a good introduction to that topic. So I'll put the link to to buy these online into the show notes. Um, and you can find all our stuff there, but, but I'll tell you about that in just a second. James, I'm uh, excited to hear about your tool. Oh, sure. Um, the tool I used is fizzle.co, so fizzle.co. And the reason it was so helpful for me was when I first became a camp director, I was really intimidated by the idea of managing our website, but I knew it was really, really important. And when I found Fizzle, it was just awesome because they really like to focus on you know, telling your story via a website and, and forming an online business. And when we started really mechanizing our online business platforms better, it just made a huge difference for us. You know, it's, I think it's the lowest hanging fruit that most camps have available to them for marketing and, and growth that they might not even realize. Um, and it was really, you know, it's a dollar for the first month, so you can sign up, you watch all these awesome videos, uh, or you can download them as, as audio too. Um, just such an inspiration for me, and I, I couldn't really recommend it highly enough. And I, I think you know they focus more on online-only businesses, but there's a lot of overlap between um, running a camp and running an online business. You know, I, we sort of run an online business for most of the year yes. when camp's not going on. So, right on. So that's at fizzle.co. Mm -hmm. Right on. Good. Thank you very much. So those are great tools. You can find them if you go to camphacker.tv slash podcast and scroll through the past episodes of the show. Uh, I'm pretty pleased that we're on episode 66 already. After four years of doing this, we're, we're moving right along. Uh, and we're going to keep this going in the spring of 2014. We'll keep going right up till June, and then we'll take a bit of a break when no one has time to listen to us anyway. <laughs> um 
So we have uh, quite a few more episodes left to go before the summer of 2014. If you're listening afterwards, um, you can please go to campacro.tv slash podcast and check out some of the other episodes as well. Um, I wanted to wrap us up with uh just a thank you to everybody for being here for being on the panel and sharing your wisdom it's uh it's a real treat i think in our industry that the people are so open about sharing ideas and it's part of what makes us special so i'm grateful to the to the three of you for joining me dan if people wanted to follow up with you what's the best way for them to find you online I'm sure. So I uh, tweet at Dan Loves Camp, um, and I also have a uh, blog at danlovescamp.com um, as well, and uh, another site called Unplug at Camp as well. Um, uh, but yeah. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks. Yeah. And Joel? Um, you can follow me at Supershark <laughs> on Twitter, um, and I post a lot about youth development and pop culture stories around kids and camp. Right on. That's great. Thank you very much for being on, Joel. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Travis. And James, appreciate you being on for the first time. Yeah, my pleasure, man. That's awesome. Is there a way that people can get in touch with you or follow what you do online? Sure, sure. Um, you can always email me at james at vk.org. Or um, I'm actually trying to aggregate a lot of my thoughts um, and my sort of discovery process and becoming a better camp director at uh, summercamprevolution.com. So you can check out some thoughts I have there and get in touch with me if you have any other questions or thoughts too. Yes. And please do check that out. James was kind enough to give me a bit of a preview this week. I don't think you've really announced it yet. Have you James? No, that was the first, first, first official announcement. Right on. Well, I (laughs) consider me telling lots of people. Good good opportunity. Good. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was great site. And I really appreciated some, some thoughts and all the thoughts you shared. It's, It's great that you're, um, being so open about these things, which as I say is a big part of the industry and the people that we love in it. So thank you to the three of you for, for doing that. Um, again, you go to campacker.tv slash, um, slash podcast to find more shows. If you have appreciated anything that you've learned from these three, I invite you to go to campacker.tv slash love and, uh, and let people know that you watch the show and, um, you know, and that you've some of the stuff that you've learned. We, it's nice for us to be able to tell our co-hosts um, what effect that they've had on the camp community. But please do that, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. And thanks for the evening, friends. The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.